Hello, thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance his kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. And thank you, each of you, for being here with us this morning. We're so excited about what the Lord is doing in the life of Harvest Time Church. And we encourage each of you to, uh, if you've never committed to a local church, do it. I think that's really when you really will reap the full benefits, the community, the family, the blessing. And uh, some of it, you know, I think that there, I think in today's culture, sometimes we don't always like committing to things, right? We want to go freely and we want to go here and we want to go there. But there's something about when you stick around in a, in a certain location long enough and you dig your roots deep, guess what? You can grow and, and become all that God has called you to be. And if this isn't the church for you, man, come talk to me. I'll help you find a good church in the community. But if this is the church for you, plug in deep. Be all that God has called you to be, okay? We really know that that happens in the body of Christ. It doesn't happen separate from it, okay? So this morning, we're gonna jump right in. This morning, this message is titled, Prepare the Way of the Lord. It's focused on uh, Jesus coming into Jerusalem. Uh, and it, it, it's it's a commission to the church to prepare a way for King Jesus. Now, we know that in, uh, on Palm Sunday, it happened a certain way, so we're gonna look at that, but we're gonna also ask the question, what does that look like for me? What does that look like for the church? You know, have you ever thought about having somebody over to your house? The process that goes into that. Now, when somebody comes, how many of you love to attend a party? A good old party, the food's cooked, there's, there's desserts, there's everything set up, there's background music, all of the details that are required uh, for a party. You just get to show up and enjoy those things. But how many of you know when you are hosting the party, huh, you know what that looks like, right? It, you, you're required for taking care of the guests. It's your responsibility to make sure all of the things that most people that are attending the party, guess what? don't think about. They don't think about the ice. They don't think about the drink. They might not think about the seating, you know, but that's your job as a host when you're, when you're putting a party on. And so there's two types of people, those who love having company over, which who's on that camp? You love having people over. Who are on the other camp? Say, I hate having people over because it stresses me out. But nonetheless, there are moments in our life where we have guests over and it's our responsibility uh, to, to, to plan ahead, to prepare for the guests prior to their arrival. How many of you know it's better to plan ahead before they get there? You, you, let's say you're a procrastinator. We got any of those in the house, okay? You know, they should, you know you're like, man, I got, I got people coming over this evening and I'm so excited about it. Oh, man, if you didn't do anything, uh, don't mind the mess, whoom, as you just clean off the couch you frantically say, let me make room for you. Let me prepare a place for you. And, and how many of you have, have seen the, the, the TV show, The Flash? How many of you work that method out whenever your guests are coming over? You, you ping pong around, going through every room magically, getting all of the things from the living room, opening your kid's door and throwing it from one room literally into the other room, making room for your guests. You're getting everything in order. You're cleaning off the table. You're getting all of your laundry that sits on the couch most of its life, and you actually just move it from there and put it on your bed. 
You don't hang it up, which that's where it's supposed to go. Um, but you do all these things. You pick everything up. You go to the guest bathroom in hor- horrific fear and say, oh, no, I need to clean the bathroom. All of these things go into the details of hosting a guest. And as soon as the guests arrive, everything is neat. Everything is order in order. And the guest looks at you and says, wow, this house is so nice. He said, yeah, I just picked up a little. Lies. Any home that is maintained well, man, you walk in and there's flowers or there's a candle or there's water and there's drinks and that, that only happens by preparation. It doesn't happen by accident. You know, uh, we've had a super busy week preparing and, you know, me and my wife, we were looking at the room and the living room and it's been one of those weeks where your house, and you know what this means, is well lived in. Right, the laundry's bulging, the stuff's out, the kids' backpacks are still there from Friday. This is the real life. But how many of you know when guests come over, there's something on, on, that is your responsibility to prepare a place, to prepare room for their arrival. It's the same way in preparation for God and his presence. We can be a people that frantically go around, but we don't focus our attention on preparing a way for the Lord to come in. I don't want him tripping over all kinds of stuff as he makes his way into the sanctuary and where there is no room for him. I want to have the VIP treatment when the presence of God shows up. I want to be prepared. I want to I have a plan. But it requires work. So have you prepared a chair of honor, a place for Jesus to come? And, and we're going we're gonna to talk about the corporate gathering, but have you done this in your own home? Have you built your home in a way where you expect the presence of God to be there? Well, there's this passage that says, prepare the way of the Lord. Now, let me tell you what. Jesus has a habit of showing up when you plan and when you don't plan. Don't be the one that is not ready and has not prepared a place for the king to come. Now, when you're ready and you're prepared, it's a celebration. It's a great thing. It's not this like, oh, no, he's here. Now what? So have you prepared a chair, a place for him? Just like you personally prepare for guests to show up. Now think about what do you do to prepare for the presence of God to show up? We're going to look at Isaiah 40, verses 3 through 5, and then 9 through 11 in the message this morning. Here's what it says. It says, thunder in the desert. Prepare for God's arrival. Make the road straight and smooth, a highway fit for our God. Fill in the valleys, level off the hills, smooth out the ruts, clear out the rocks. And then God's bright glory will shine and everyone will see it. Yes, just as God has said. It says, climb a mountain on Zion, you're, you're the preacher of good news. Raise your voice, make it good and loud, Jerusalem. You're the preacher of good news. Speak loud and clear. Don't be timid. Tell the cities of Judah, look, you're God. Look at him. God, the master, he comes in power, ready to go into action. He is going to pay back his enemies and reward those who've loved him. Like a shepherd, he will care for his flock, gathering the lambs in his arms, hugging them, as he carries them, leading the nursing ewes to good pasture. Prepare the way. We do our part, and then God shows up in glory. So what does it say there? God draws near to us through his Holy Spirit, right? If the the manifest presence of God showed up, you know some of us would die in his glory. 
Yeah. Because where sin and God dwells, we'd have a get right, you straight up got right and just went to heaven moment. Right? We, you know, even Moses, he, he was able to see just kind of the backside of God's manifest glory. But what we experience every single Sunday is his Holy Spirit that comes in the room. It begins to draw our hearts. You know, maybe the worship team was singing a song this morning. He said, man, there's something about that song. When we get to that bridge or, you know, I just feel something on the inside. I feel something encouraging me. I feel something changing the position I'm in. And, and this is what God does in, by the power of his Holy Spirit. But have you prepared for his coming? It says, make a highway fit for our God. How many of you have ever been down one of these pothole roads in Bay City? <laughs> Ain't no highway freeway going through there. It's like, it's like natural inverted speed bump. Right? Are we there yet, Dad? You know? It's just not, it's, it's not, it's not a road fit for a king. That's a road of neglect, of I don't really care. It's a road of no importance because think about it. Your freeways, I go to Houston. Oh, they've taken care of the major freeways and highways. And God forbid they don't take care, take care of a toll road that I pay for to drive across. Right? Those roads are, are maintained. They're maintained well. It says make a highway, a road that is straight and smooth. How many of you know that a straight road, you can go a lot faster than a curvy road? And it says, make the high places low and the low places high. Make a smooth path. Fill in the valleys. Fill in those potholes. Level out the hills. Smooth out the ruts. This, this, this is detail. This is intentionalness. This is making sure everything is done. Right? Everything's done. This isn't just a quick cleansing. This isn't just a kind of a like, oh, well, just push the clothes over. No, this is being intentional. It's putting the clothes where it goes. It's cleaning the restroom really, really well. Now, don't get judgment this morning. I'm trying to. I'm going to try to segue this example. This is what the best meal you know how to cook. That's the one you prepare on that day, because the King of Glory is going to show up, and you want to be prepared, having the best seat, a place of honor set before the King. Can you imagine him showing up and there's no seat, there's no place? And some of us have had unexpected company show over and it's like that. There, so so first, first thing is, sometimes we don't expect company and we sit there and we have a conversation while they're still outside the house. You ever been there and then you get this brilliant idea, I should ask them to come in. And then you have the oh no because you know what's between you and them, like behind you. Wait just a minute. Boom, you slam, no, I hope you don't slam the door. Just say, hey. If you show up to my house unannounced, we live in my house. So we'll get some room. We'll move some stuff around. I'll start barking orders at the kids. We'll get a place quickly prepared. We'll get the coffee on. You got ice water or you got water in my house, but you got either or, right? You're not going to have a smorgasbord of sodas. But, you know, when somebody shows up unannounced, are, are you ready? Are you prepared? But it's putting your best foot forward. It's putting out your best pillows it's putting flowers out. It's going above and beyond because you care about the guest that is about to come into the, into the room. I think sometimes we take the presence of God for granted where we think he will just show up regardless of what we do. How much more will he show up with glory and power when we are ready and expecting and we have prepared a place of honor for him? Big difference. 
You wanna know a church? I've heard horror stories that there are churches in the world that are not experiencing the presence of God. And this causes me to quiver with holy fear and say, Lord, if there is no power in the church, what are we doing? But a place that is often prepared for the presence of God to show up and people that come expecting the bridegroom to show up every single Sunday will be a place where he is made welcome. The door is always open and the seat is always available. Every single moment of our lives, we won't say, hey, I'm sitting in the seat of highest honor, but I reserve that seat of highest honor for the king and king and the lords of lords. There has to be a little bit more holy fear in our hearts, guys. You remember, you know that the same God of the Old Testament is the same God in the New Testament. He would strike people dead for disobedience. He sent people in the desert for 40 years because they couldn't figure out who was truly God. On a few days journey, and they went around and they went around, they could not get it. God was preparing a work in their hearts that they did not allow to happen. I know life is short. It goes quick. I want to figure it out the first time around the mountain. I don't want to go twice. If you're on lap two, I hope you figure it out on lap two. Because it seems like once the lap starts, you got to finish it. We need to see what God wants us to see. On Sundays, when you wake up, do you anticipate meeting with the Lord? I know I do on Sundays. It's one of my favorite days of the week. Sometimes even as a pastor, the weeks are hard and they're long, but I know on Sunday, the presence of God is going to show up and he's going to, he's going to give us what we need. And we're going to be able to meet with the creator of the universe every single Sunday. Now, sometimes we neglect that all week and we wait for Sunday. Now, I think God wants us to prepare a place in, in our life, personal lives, in our homes. But I tell you what, this place, this church will be prepared as a house of God Amen. where we will pray, we will expect, and we will plead with God to send his presence to change and to heal and to restore that we would see signs and wonders and believe God to do everything he said in this word. Amen. Just because I don't understand it doesn't mean I don't ask God for it. Do you realize that? If I just base it on what I've seen, man like a little dud firework. But what God wants us to see is going to be amazing. It's going to be beautiful. And guess what? All the work and the preparation is going to be worth it. Now, how many of you know there has to be a change? You know, there's, there's a story about Mary and Martha in the Bible, and, and they were both preparing. But when Jesus showed up, guess what? The focus was no longer on what needed to be done, but who was there. I tell our worship teams, hey, <laughs> when that timer hits, that's it. Ready or not, whatever we had, whatever preparation we need, it's over. Our focus now is to bless the heart of God. It's to please him. It's, it's to worship him in spirit and in truth. It is to create a chair of honor where he feels welcomed. Now, I know when there is expectation, when we gather together as the people of God to celebrate Jesus, amazing things can happen. You know, I pray for you every single Sunday. I said, Lord, I don't know what your people need, but you do. Whatever they come seeking, Lord, help them to find it. Now, I think sometimes we have not prepared ourselves. We come in expecting to leave the same. We've been discouraged. Maybe we've believed the lie of the enemy all week. That will always be that way, that it'll never change. Well, you got a pastor that loves you, and you got a God 
creator of heaven and earth that sent his son to prove his love to you, to break off of your life anything that needs breaking, right? It says, by his wounds, we were healed. Come on, you're healed. You know, and I know a lot of people say, yeah, well, I'll get glory when I die. I don't think that's what God was implying there. We all naturally are gonna be healed when we die. I didn't need that. But the wounds on his back provide something for me today. So when we gather together in church meetings, prepare and come prepared. Guys, I'm gonna encourage you, if you would just get here a little bit early, you could get your bearing before worship starts. Now, I'm not saying that because I'm like, hey, I saw who was late this morning. You already know who's late, who's late. I don't have to point that out. But if you will come just a little bit early, you will come in the room, you'll get a cup of coffee, you'll come back and you'll sit down and you'll just take a breath. You will be amazed the difference in how you position yourself as a chair of honor to the king. So just as I prepare the worship team and all of our teams that serve on a Sunday morning prepare, there's something you have to prepare also. You should prepare your heart before you come in. A prepared church (laughs) will see the power of God. It says, we do all of these things and it says, then God's bright glory will shine and everyone will see it. You know, the word glory here is a single splendor of God, a singular splendor of God and its consequences for mankind. Do you know the consequences of being exposed to the presence of God? Like most of the time consequences, we think they're bad things. The consequences of building a place of honor that the spirit of God is made welcome, a single splendor of God, the consequences of that, do you know what it is? We radically change. When the presence of God shows up, now one of two things, you're gonna change, you're gonna yield, or you're gonna hit that back door running, kicking and screaming. Because you cannot stay in the presence of God and remain the same. It doesn't work that way. But there's something that happens when we experience the presence of God that stirs us for more. Think about your favorite meal or your favorite ice cream just for a moment. Is that good enough for y'all? Y'all can kind of think about that. Your favorite meal and you didn't have to pay for it, so, so dream big, right? The one that you can't afford, but you'd get if you could, you could pay for it. The taste, the flavor, or maybe it's uniqueness. The one you just take extra chews on, or the flavor that you just can't get enough of. Do you realize the presence of God is like that? Once you, once you have tasted and seen his goodness, there is nothing that can imitate who God is that you will be satisfied with. You will be satisfied for only one thing and you will come back hungry and thirsty for more. Some of us have tried to pursue other things to nourish our souls and it's just like sucking on a piece of ice. Ain't gonna do too much for you. Might hydrate you, but it's not really gonna nourish you. Do you realize even now Right now, in this moment, God is desiring to make his presence known to each and every single one of you. So that you realize that you have been given a chance. You have been encountered by the power and the presence of God. But as his presence enters the room, we should respond like they did in Mark 11 on that Palm Sunday. What did they do? Let's look at this. Mark 11, 8 through 10. It says, many people 
spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches that they had cut in, their, in the fields. And those that went ahead and those that followed, they shouted, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. There were those in front. There were those behind. There were many in line waiting for that moment as he would pass to lay their praises, to lay their lives down so that he would not have to walk across an unprepared place. But when we lay our lives down, that becomes the prayer prepared place that the Spirit of God desires, des desires to drive across. A prepared place. And then even when I've laid it down and I've contributed my part, I don't stop there. The praise continues. As he goes forward, I praise. As he's approaching, I praise. I'm preparing a place of highest honor for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And these people didn't even realize that Jesus was began the walk to his death. They were just excited that he showed up. Can you imagine what was on Jesus' mind? Come on. I might not have been smiling. I don't know. Like, it was a hard day. But as Jesus came into that city, celebration, excitement, the people responded with praise and adoration. Each one waited for their moment. Now, I don't know how many spectators we have in, in the building when we're worshiping, but man, what God really wants, he wants participators. Amen. He wants ones that are contributing. Say, oh man, here's my branch. Go steal it from one of the kids and, and shake it around. I mean, I don't, you know, you know, but you know what? Do you know God has given us palm branches? You know what those look like? Look like our hands. Yeah, you may see me lift my hands a lot. You're like, what are you doing, man? I am giving God my highest praise. I don't want to just say it. I want people to see it. I don't care if I'm blocking your view. If I'm blocking your view, move over to the left, move over to the right. Hey, come up to the front. There's plenty of room. But will you prepare a place where the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is made welcome? If you just come in and you just spectate, you don't understand what's really, really happening in a service. But the moment you realize that we are about to encounter the King and Kings and the Lord of Lords by the power of the Holy Spirit, it will change everything. You'll be looking around the room. You'll be looking to the left and the right. You're saying, okay, has he shown up yet? Is he here yet? There's going to be some anticipation. And even if he hasn't shown up, the praise already starts. But when he begins to walk in through the room, that's when the, the praise, the roof is almost knocked off the building because he has shown up. So we come into his presence with what? Praise. We experience his presence, his goodness. And guess what? We leave this place with praise. And that's how we take praise into our homes, guys. We don't leave it in the church. We have to realize that we are the priest, we are the tabernacle where the Spirit of God dwells, that the Spirit of God lives inside of me. And just like I can usher in the presence of God in a service, I can usher in the presence of God in my homes. I'm going to pause just for a minute. Just like I talked about cleaning your house in preparation, there may be some cleaning you need to do spiritually in your home. You say, Pastor, I don't understand. There's so much peace here at the church. This place has been set apart. It has been prayed over. We get anointing oil. We touch the chairs. We touch the altar. All that symbolizes is saying, Lord, this place is yours. In the Old Testament, they used oil. They anointed everything. They threw that thing around like it was free or something. I don't know. Anointed everything. Hey, you can't put oil. Hey, too late. They already put it on there. It consecrated it as the Lord's. 
So if you've never prayed over your home, if you've never you know, anointed your house, I would encourage you to do so. All it is saying is saying, Lord, this place is yours. This home is yours. It's something that we have to do. How many of you know when he shows up, the praise goes up? We can't contain it. There's something that begins to change in our heart and excitement. How are you preparing for the coming of the Lord's mighty presence? I want you to think about that. How are you preparing? I know how I prepare. Prepare all week. I think about it. I pray about it. I say, Lord, help me not get in the way of what you want to do, but help me co-labor, Lord, with what you're doing, what you're saying. Lord, speak through me. Say, Lord, help me say what I need to say. Help me not to say what I don't need to say. Father, help people to see you. And when you show up, God, help me get out of the way. That's my heart because when the king of glory shows up, Pastor Noe don't want to get in the way of that. It's kind of like dancing with Jesus. The moment you cut in, my dance became your dance of intimacy and oneness with the Lord. And guess what? His eyes are not looking around. It's not focusing on everybody else, but his eyes are fixed on you. It sees the depths of your soul. It sees, he sees what you need, but he doesn't just see what you need. You know what else he sees? He sees what you can be. And then when he begins to explain to you how he sees you, it changes you. Because it's often contrary to what the voice of the enemy has said over your life for a lifetime. Of those things that parents have told you that you would never become anything good because of A, B, and C. When God sees it and he speaks it out, it changes in your life. But this happens when God's presence shows up. You know, when he asks you to dance, you can tell him no. Now, most of us say no because we feel like we don't need, know how to dance. Sometimes we don't respond in dancing or shouting because maybe we just don't know how. But if we will just begin to do it, we will reap the benefits of doing it. Are you anticipating his coming and preparing a place for him? Now, I'm not talking about when Jesus comes back for the church at the final trumpet blast. I'm talking about week after week, day after day right now. He's going to come back and, and there's going to be a trumpet blast. And those who've, who believed in him, those who've rejected him, everyone's going to know that Jesus came back. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, uh, taking time, preparing, uh, moving things around, um, but in, encountering his presence here on the earth in my life that he is going to begin to release in my life. But you know where I think he's going to begin to release his presence first? Within his church. And there's something substantial. Man, I love live streams. I love that we can use technology. But I'll tell you what, there's something about being in his presence. Not saying God can't hit you in your living room. But man, I'll tell you what, when he's in the room, I don't want to be just in a live stream. I want to be in the room. It's funny because we've been talking about two services and we've talked about an overflow room. I was like, I don't want to be in that overflow room. I want to be in the room where Jesus is walking and his spirit is moving and, and, and I can see lives being changed. Don't lock me in this back room. I want to be in the room because I've tasted and I've seen his goodness. But as the church, we have prepared a place for him 
Today, God is stirring a desire of a powerful move of people. He's stirring a desire first for his presence, but that will result in a powerful move of his presence in the church. How many of you know that there's a progression? There has to be a desire for God. And then there has to be a purity and holiness. And then you see the power. We don't want the power because we can't handle it unless that progression of steps happens in that order. Acts 2, 17 through 19, and then verse 21. It says, in the last days, God will, will say, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Listen to this, verse 19. I will show wonders in the heavens and signs on the earth below. And Verse 21, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that time is here and now. It's not, oh, I'm waiting. You know, man, I've received the power of the Holy Spirit in my life with speaking in tongues and I've had prophetic words come out of my soul. Where'd that come from? That is the Spirit of God coming out of me. And guess what? If it showed up for Pastor Noe, guess what? It's here for you too. Can't make it up, I promise. This is something that is here and now. We're not waiting. The time is now. We want to see a mighty move of God's presence. But in that, there has to be a process of holiness that each of us personally take in our lives. Can you say this after me? Say, prepare me, God, as I prepare to meet with you. Say it one more time. Prepare me, God, as I prepare to meet with you. If each of us would come with that heart in mind, prepare me, help me be ready. Man, as soon as that countdown hits, I'm going. I don't want to be like, well, glad I made it to church. You don't know the struggle, Pastor. No, I'm talking about you can't wait to get to church. You are excited. But prepare your heart first and then also prepare to meet with him. James 4, 6 through 10. It says, God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. Verse 7, it says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and well. Change your laughter into mourning and your, jo- and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Now, most of us don't like this passage because it seems like a doom and gloom, but this passage is the catalyst to see great, amazing things in the life of our, our church. Submit yourselves to God. Since when is that a bad thing? We just don't like to do it. We like to be in control. Well, the devil made me do it. Did you resist the devil? Or did you just let him twist your arm and say, okay, come on. Some of y'all guilty of that. Oh, he twisted my arm a little bit. I couldn't help it, pastor. Resist. (laughs) You know, I I see the example of resisting. Like, let's say somebody was trying to kidnap you. Get in the car. Okay. Listen, <laughs> if I want to resist you taking me, I'll just fall on the ground. I'm going to make you drag me off. <laughs> and if you're just one guy, good luck with that, because I'm going to kick you every time you grab me. Resisting. If he tells you to do it, he gives you the ability to do it. But some of you are like, okay, I'll jump in. Come on. Resist just a little bit. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Realize it starts with you, guys. You come near to God and then he'll come near to you. 
It's always conditional. Then he maps it out. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn well. Change your laughter into mourning uh, and your joy into gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. If we will stay in that position, in that posture, guess what? We won't stay there long. You know why? Because God lifts us up. But we have to position ourselves. You know, we were able to go on a quick little uh, weekend vacation with the kids and we went on the... Um, the little boat ride kind of just went around and came back and man, it was packed and we got in there late and there was this girl sitting on a seat and she, she reserved the seat for her boyfriend. And it was funny because I knew she was reserving for somebody, but people kept coming and ask, asking, hey, is that service? Yeah, 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 it's for my boyfriend. So like after like five minutes, I'm like, and his boyfriend about to become a, a no friend. <laughs> I said, because everyone's asking to sit by this girl. So she keeps fighting. She keeps saying, hey, no, no, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And then the boyfriend finally shows up and a guy on the other side, he said what I was thinking, man, you almost lost a girlfriend. There was like six guys that wanted to sit by her. <laughs> but she was serious about first saving a seat reserved for somebody of utmost importance. But she also defended that seat. She didn't allow anyone to sit at that seat because she knew that the boyfriend was coming. There are many, many times that we are guilty with that also. We prepare a table for ourselves and our friends, but we leave no room for the king. We don't do it. We're preoccupied with our agendas, leaving no room for Jesus. I got a quick little skit that my, my, uh, some of our leaders are gonna help us with this morning so you can really get the point of what this looks like. That's what it's like sometimes and we don't realize it. Yeah. It's an awkward moment. Yeah. We're guilty of it being all about us. It says, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight the path, not for me, but for him. You know, church has to be more about him than us. We gotta change that perspective. Psalms 24, seven through 10, it says, who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust to an idol or swear by a false God. They will receive a blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, their savior. Such is a generation of those who seek him, who seek his face, God of Jacob. Verse seven says, lift up your heads, ye gates, open up ye ancient doors that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Open up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord almighty. He is king of glory. You just have to open up your heart. You have to prepare a seat. You have to prepare a place. And we have to really understand who church is for. Now, let me let you on and let you in it a little secret. When I have come with the agenda of fully focusing on blessing the heart of God, he will naturally always bless you back. But we can get in a position to where we come with ourselves in mind. Okay, I wrote this script, so... Don't bust them up. I said, I want it to be over the top. 
because I want to prove a point that we are so self-absorbed sometimes and so focused on ourselves that we miss a service isn't even a service without Jesus by the power of his Holy Spirit showing up. Doesn't even work without him in the equation. There was something he said though. I showed up even though I wasn't invited. God is so gracious to us guys. Even when I don't prepare enough space and prepare enough room, he is still faithful to show up every single time. I'm going to give you four things you can do to prepare the way of the Lord in your own life. Something you can do, something you can apply, something you can take with you. Number one, come. Help us prepare a place for King Jesus. Notice that word come means you got to show up. I hope when you leave this service, you go find whoever isn't sitting to your left or your right that you know should be here and is doing whatever they're doing. Not going to judge what they're doing or what they're not doing. But you would, you would plead with them the importance of coming to a place prepared. But help us prepare a place. Do this not just on Sundays, but in your life. But he will always show up and respond when we position ourselves correctly. What if we ask Jesus to always stay at our table and never leave? All right, it's time to go home. I got to clean up. Got to get up for work in the morning. Now that's fine with house guests. But that could be detrimental if you ask the Spirit of God to leave. He should remain. So come, help us prepare a place. Help us prepare. You know, there's a story in Matthew 8, 28 through 34. I'll paraphrase it super quick for the sake of time. But it's when two demon-possessed men came to, out of the tombs and met, met with Jesus. They were so violent that no one could pass by them. And he, Jesus cast out the demons. And everyone was amazed. They went into the city and they came back. Do you know what they said? This was their response in verse 32. It says, he said to them, I'm sorry, verse 34, the whole town went out to see Jesus and they said to him when they saw him, they pleaded with them, with him to leave their region. Ooh. Man, talk about confusion. Maybe they were fearful, but let me tell you what, they did not know Jesus. When you don't know Jesus, it can kind of freak you out a little bit. But when you understand who he is, there were those that were drawn. There were those who that were deceived and didn't want to have anything to do with him. Let us come and let's ask Jesus to stay. So number one, come help us prepare a place. Number two, make church about him. Now look at each of these word or action words. Come, you have to come. Make, you have to make church about him. More than yourself. Because I think there is part of that equation where God wants our needs being met. But the focus has to be that he is the focus. The more we know him, the more we desire him. We cannot encounter his presence and remain the same. Realize this. 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, And we all, with unveiled faces, um, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. The New King James says that we are changed from glory to glory, moment to moment. You can't come once 
and expect the work to be complete. Keep showing up. People are like, man, I'm going through a whole lot of stuff. You don't understand my life. Huh. The reason you should come to church, right? People want to get right and get everything in line before they come to church. If you're all kinds of messed up, come to church. It's the best place for you. So come prepare a place. Make church about him. Number three, know when he shows up. Please be aware of what's happening in a service when the Spirit of God shows up. Celebrate with shouts of joy. Reserve the highest honor for him alone. Psalms 104, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. When he shows up, when you show up, give him praise. At the front of that line, before I lay my branch down, I'm going to praise. When he comes and shows up, I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to praise. And guess what? When I hit this door to go out into the world, I'm going to take praise with me. So we want to know when he shows up. Number four, commune at his table. Focus on God. Pay attention to your conversation. Talk about scriptural, biblical things often. And also pursue him with intensity. We need to get in a habit of enjoying his presence. Don't just get in a hurry. You know, it's okay to, to not want to leave. To want to be there. And let me, let me tell you what. The presence of God will never tell you enough is enough. You have to go now. It's a banqueting table that is set up just for you. And it works just like this, where it can be a place of celebration and excitement. But unless Jesus' chair is at the table and the Spirit of God is a part of it, you're missing something. You're going to miss it. Talking about communing. Take your fill. You know, it's like when you go to a buffet. If you leave hungry, shame on you. What were you doing? Oh, I'm on a diet. Why did you come to a buffet? <laughs> go, go, go to Subway. I don't know. Cut, cut your six inch in half. I don't know. Don't show up at a buffet and leave hungry. So as you come this morning, take your fill. Feed on the goodness of God. He will truly satisfy you like nothing else. Psalms 34, 8. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Can you guys stand up with me? I'm closing. Pastor, why did we, why did we hear this message today? Because I am believing that next week, Resurrection Sunday is gonna be one of those moments where if you have not already been a praiser in the house with the right perspective of what it truly means to prepare the way of the Lord, that next week would be the start of where we practice it for a lifetime. Yes. We're going to have praisers in the house. The worship team's going to come ready. Guess what? Jesus is celebrating with us. He's not in the tomb. The resurrected life that he lived gives us resurrection life in our hearts. So I pray even now that there is an excitement and there is a passion beginning to stir in your heart. That you, you, you know, it's, it's not gonna be a challenge for you to invite people to come to the service next week. It's gonna be like, you gotta come. You gotta see what's gonna happen. Pastor Noe said it's gonna be great and I think I believe it too. That, that the Spirit of God is going to show up, that the King of the universe is going to be in the room, and he'll, he'll fix everything. 
That's what everybody in the Bible said. They said, I don't understand. I don't even know his name. I don't know who he is. But listen, he's told me everything. He healed me. I was blind, but now I see. My heart was hard, but now it's soft. I don't know, but you just need to show up. Because it's not really the preacher. It's not really the worship team. It's the power of God present that promotes the change. But let me tell you what, we're positioned in this place to also yield to that. So let me tell you what, one thing Pastor Noe's doing, I'm, no, I'm trying to pay attention to when Jesus in his presence shows up too. Because I don't want to miss something great. Because even a well-polished message with the best agenda can miss what God's doing if I don't realize he showed up and wants to do something that I didn't plan to do. Prepare the way of the Lord. I covered a lot of topics, a lot of different ideas. I don't know how that applies to you, but you do. You know what that looks like to you. You know what God is already leading you to do. I just pray you go from this place and do it. I pray that as you leave this place, you don't just leave the presence of God here, but you take the presence of God with you. like his disciples said silver and gold I don't have but what I have I can give you I believe that we've been filled up this morning and then we can go take that to the world let me pray for you Lord I thank you for each one here Father I pray that we would be a church that prepares the way for King Jesus Father I pray that anything not right anything incorrect in our way of thinking Father we do humble ourselves before you Father I want to create a place and to prepare a chair of highest honor for you and you alone. I don't even sit in that chair, but that's your place. Father, I thank you for what you're doing, seen and unseen. Father, I pray that this week that you would draw the hearts of men unto salvation. Father, if there's anyone here even this morning that doesn't have their trust in you and have never really surrendered their life to you, that today would be the day. Father, I thank you for all your promises. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have prayer teams available uh, to you this morning. If you have a specific prayer request or you don't know Jesus, you say, man, I want to make the choice to do that. These guys will lead you in that. I want to encourage you. We have those invite cards on your way out. If you're, if you're, if you're not a people person, you don't know how to invite somebody, just give them the invite card and walk away. But let me tell you what, most of the time people don't come because they're not invited. I would rather invite them and them not come than not invite them and they don't come. So I want to encourage you, take one of those cards, give it to a friend. Maybe there's somebody you already want to invite, but I want you to come next week expecting something great. But I want that anticipation, that excitement to start right now. As we leave this place, we leave this place of, with praise and excitement because we know the whole story of what's coming from a risen Savior to a friend, to a relationship, allowing us to live lives victorious in every way. I love you guys. You'll be blessed. We'll see you next week. Bring a friend. You're dismissed. 
Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.